Hi, I'm Stephanie Shea, and I am a close personal friend with the Court of Nerds. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of almost all ages. This is the Court of Nerds. We know it's been a while since you've heard from us, but please remember these dulcet tones as I'm Drew. I'm Greg. And we're back, babies. We're sorry we were gone for a little while. Things have been kind of nuts around here. You saw a lot of our coverage from the record-breaking all-in and StarCast events, and we, we were a little bit overwhelmed getting prepared and kind of recovering from that. I've been dealing with some family issues. But we're back, baby. We're back. And of course, it's two of the OG members of the court. We've got breaking news today, guys. And now it's been kind of walked back a little bit by various folks. But let me set the table for you. Early today, rumors emerged that Henry Cavill, the actor behind Superman in the DC Extended Universe, would be hanging up the cape as he was exiting his role as Superman. Now, since then, Cavill's manager, uh, Danny Garcia, tweeted out, be peaceful. The cape is still in his closet. At WB Pictures has been and continues to be our partners as they evolve the DC universe. There's more to this, too. I was reading the uh, the original article that broke this story, which is from The Hollywood Reporter. And I will say, as somebody who has to deal with The Hollywood Reporter on a semi-regular basis, they're not TMZ. These guys actually have sources who have sources who have sources. These guys actually do their reporting. When it comes to Hollywood news, they're probably one of the better ones, one of the most reliable ones that you can find. And they have this quote from a Warner Brothers spokesman after the initial publication of the story. They said, we have a great uh, relationship and great respect for Henry, uh, Henry Cavill that continues to remain unchanged. Additionally, we have made no current decisions regarding any upcoming Superman films. So the story that comicbook.com, because the story that you and I were reading uh, comicbook.com reported that Henry Cavill was out. But from this story, they're saying that it's not that he's out. It's that talks have fallen through for a cameo coming up in the, sh- the upcoming Shazam film and also uh, the upcoming uh, uh, Wonder Woman film. And it wouldn't make sense there anyway, but that there's no current plans to have Cavill on as Superman in any current movie. Which is weird because you'd think they'd want to follow up. Justice League with another Justice League, but maybe they're going to take a break to set the table a little bit more to kind of give people some more to play with for another Justice League movie. Uh, The other thing, Greg, I don't know if you saw any of this, is that DC has already said they're focusing largely on a Supergirl film upcoming and that that would sideline any DC storylines that involve Superman. And that would make sense, too, because, again, remember that uh, uh, Supergirl, all of her content or all of her uh, her story takes place before Kal-El actually rises to his current power. So it would be more of a throwback film, and yeah, you wouldn't really see Superman at all. So the big thing that this news led to, when it was, of course, initially reported that uh, Cavill would be stepping down, the the initial reaction from some, including myself, was kind of an, okay, well, if this gives you a chance to fix the universe, I'm all about it. But in our group chat that we have for Court of Nerds, Ben brought up a very important point that I hadn't quite wrapped my head around. See, in my head, Greg, I, I look at these movies as episodic, as if they're part of a larger season of, a, of something that we're watching. Now, it may mm-hmm. take 10 years to get the season in, shout out to Marvel, but... <laughs> You know, you still got it in, and I look at the films as episodic, but the point Ben brought up that changed the way I was looking at this is that it's not episodic. 
it's a giant shared universe. And all of these things are happening potentially simultaneously. And and that if you lose Cavill and now that, you know, of course, the rumors that have been persisting for, I would say, damn near a year now that Affleck mm-hmm. wants out of his role as Batman. You lose those two pillars that you built this universe on and the whole thing has to crumble because you can't just yeah. shore it back up. And then we lose such great things as Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. We lose, you know, and again, I think the Aquaman flick actually looks really fun. And Shazam looks like it could be that Thor Ragnarok to the DC universe. So, uh, Greg, the question you have to ask yourself is, one, if Cavill and Affleck are leaving, does DC have to do a hard reboot? And if they don't, what does it look like? Well, I think that what they really need to do is they need to go back to the drawing board and kind of figure out what exactly it is that they want to be doing with this universe. Do they want to be the MCU? Because if they want to be the MCU, they are totally going about it the wrong way. They need to go back and look at what made Iron Man 1 successful. They can't make Iron Man 1 again, and they probably can't make a movie that's anything like Iron Man 1. Okay, but from those building blocks that were built up in... Crap, when did that come out? 2005, 6? I'm looking it up right now. (laughs) (laughs) We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. 2008, 2008, Iron Man 1, 2008. but God, so we should have known Man that it was won- 10 years when Avengers Infinity War came out, and that was this year. Oh, of course. No, God damn it. My, my head. It's been a long day for both of us. So Iron Man 1, when Iron Man 1 came out, we didn't know that there was a, an MCU, a giant MCU storyline that was going to happen. Because what the executives at Marvel did is they planned out the long game from before Iron Man 1 was even created. B-list character had huge implications for the rest of the story. Is that what DC has to do for the DCEU? Maybe. It might just be that a hard reboot is what is going to be needed. But there are ways that we can do this. Now, one of the things that we brought up is that, you know, there's a multiverse thing going on here with the DC universe. You know more about this than I do. Um, But is that kind of how we can go about uh, 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 fixing this, do you think? Well, and and I'm glad that you go to that because it's actually something that DC has already leaned on in their TV properties is the idea of a multiverse. Supergirl lives on a different earth in a different reality from the Flash and Arrow. And of course, the Legends of Tomorrow exist in their own world. Now, I don't know that they've established what universe Black Lightning exists in, but the multiverse of DC is is how they've rebooted time and time again in the comics is up multiverse event and again today there were already of course the rumors circulating that dc and warner brothers would be interested in michael b jordan to play superman well as our good buddy the sledge himself pointed out in our chat the superman of earth 2 happens to be black and michael jordan Mm -hmm. happens to be one of the hottest actors in hollywood and guess what his ties to marvel got severed after black panther i'm only interested if he I'm only interested if he bases his character design on an anime character again, like he did with uh, <laughs> with with Killmonger and uh, <laughs> and Vegeta. Yes. Yeah. No. And, and again, I think that could work, but it's not simple. It wouldn't be easy. You'd have to do a lot of exposition. And I think going back to the drawing board, and this is something I brought up in the chat. I don't think you go back to the drawing board and start over with Batman and Superman again. I, I realize. They are your big names. They are two of the biggest names in all of comic books. But the Superman movies worked because of when they came out. And it was a time 
where people wanted invincible heroes. They wanted guys who basically couldn't be beaten. You wanted right. action heroes. You wanted Nick Cage in The Rock. You also wanted Nick Cage in Con Air. Gosh, people just wanted a lot of Nick Cage. Now I see why he was going to be uh, Superman. That hair, though. That hair. Oh. But that's not the way the world is in 2018. People like their heroes flawed. People like their heroes relatable. And even though Tony Stark is a billionaire, he was a broken character in Iron Man 1. And we've watched his hero's journey. We've watched him become a better person. While still imperfect, as we saw in Avengers Infinity War, he is growing. We're seeing real growth. With Superman, there's not really anywhere to grow. He's a static... He's He's to borrow from something else you and I love, Greg. He's a symbol of peace. That's right. And he does have all of the might. But what I really, I don't know. I, I, I'm so conflicted on this because I, I know that the, I know in my heart that the only way they're going to be able to fix this universe is if they actually do a hard reboot. I don't want that to happen because if you lose Gal Gadot, you lose a lot of the DCEU goodwill that you've already built up thus far multiverse possible but how do you do that without totally confusing the hell out of the regular audience that doesn't know that there's a multiverse here thing going on in the DC universe that's the question that's and how do you introduce that how do you even explain that now you could try right. and use some of the Barry Allen stuff that you snuck into Batman v Superman when Barry comes through and is like don't forget she's the key she's the key Come back right. and make that about something, uh, but I don't see it happening. Unfortunately, I don't know exactly what DC is going to do. and I don't think DC does either, and that's the problem. Greg, you mentioned it early on here. Marvel came in with a plan. Marvel mm-hmm. came in knowing what they wanted to do, and they did it. They executed it, even when some of the movies didn't do as well as expected. The original Thor. Heck, the first Captain America was good, but it wasn't overwhelmingly successful. Because right. people didn't understand it. But Marvel said, this is the plan. We're sticking to the plan. And what they also did was not exactly cast super famous actors for every role. They yep. cast people who fit. Take a look at Robert Downey Jr. Before Iron Man, he was not really a household name. He did a bunch of indie films, some of which are like my, my favorite movies of all time. Oh, my God. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is one of my favorite movies. Uh, he was in uh, A Scanner Darkly with Keanu Reeves and total indie flick. Not something that everybody has seen. Um, you look at uh, 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 Chris Hemsworth as Thor. There was a huge backlash when Chris Hemsworth was cast as Thor because he'd primarily done romantic comedies up until this point. Right, and, he and wasn't that like really... 10 minutes in Star Trek. Right, exactly. So it's not about, I don't know, the, the casting to me with the MCU was so perfect, but the most important part of the MCU is that they had a plan one and they had good writers and great directors on every project that they have done. Yeah. Okay. Thor, you know, uh, Thor dark world is, was kind of crap and Iron Man two and three weren't really all that great either. But I mean, man, they've had some great, as much flack as he's gotten recently, James Gunn, Frickin' killed it with the Guardians movies. He did. He absolutely did. I, I mean, listen, and in turn, John Favreau with the Iron Man flicks, Shane Black when exactly. he got his hand on that franchise. Taika Waititi with, uh, 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 with Thor Ragnarok. 
Right. Waititi was the guy who finally found the right voice for the movie version of Thor. Rather than trying to make him prim and proper, he poked fun at those tropes. He poked fun at the idea of the royal family of Asgard. And that's to say nothing of uh, of Black Panther and how successful that was for being a shot at a left field and being amazing. I loved I loved after Avengers Infinity War, all the people who were like, well, Marvel clearly didn't think Black Panther was going to be as big as it was because Black Panther did not have nearly a big enough role in that film. He was just a guy who he's just a guy who Captain America knows. That's who he is. Little did they know the massive cultural impact that movie would have. And well deserved. And, And I think that's the biggest thing. I think DC movies have done well at the box office in spite of terrible writing because people want to see these characters. A lot of people's mm-hmm. first comics were DC books because it was Batman. And then, oh, I liked Batman. Well, now I'm into Nightwing. Oh, I like Nightwing. Well, now I'm into the Teen Titans. I like the Titans. Yeah. Now I'm into. And that's how people fell in love with these characters. You have to have those building blocks. And that's the thing is that you have to have these building blocks before you get a movie about the Teen Titans, you know? Yeah, exactly. No. And by the way, Teen Titans go to the movies. I still highly recommend to anyone who likes DC film. It's great. And there's so many references. Nick Cage as the voice of Superman in that movie is worth your time alone. See, now I just want to now I just want Nick Cage as actually Superman. Let's just bring him back all of the cage all of the time. Bring it back. Just make it happen. But he needs the money. (laughs) I think how you make a reboot work without making it about Batman and Superman to start. Now, you are going to lose what I think has been some fairly good casting in Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa as, as of course, The Flash and Aquaman, respectively. You're going to lose one of the best pieces of casting in modern film history with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. But I think these are things you can recover from if you go back to doing what every comic book writer has told us they want to do, and that's just tell good stories. That's why Wonder Woman worked. You told a good story. But you can do this, Greg, in my opinion, and I want to get yours next here, by having it be not necessarily a very low-level character. I'm not talking about doing a Plastic Man movie here, okay? But why not do a Green Lantern movie where at various points Hal Jordan is reading a newspaper about the Batman of Gotham City or he's doing flight training and Superman zooms past him. You don't need to do origin stories for Superman and Batman anymore. Look at what Marvel did with Spider-Man. Homecoming is the perfect example of how you can retcon characters in. And I think DC could do that very well if they did a reboot and didn't focus heavily on Bats and Superman. I really think that they need to find the right character for it. The right character, the right actor that is passionate about that character, and the right story with the right director. That sounds like it's asking a lot, but it really isn't when you take into account how much good content is already there. Comic book movies work as movies because it is so easy to transition from page to screen. The shots are already there. The stories are already there. The characters are already there. You just need to find the right director, the right, uh, uh, the right actor for the part, and the right writer. You have those pieces in place and you can have a movie that will succeed. I don't know what that character is for DC. I really don't. Um, We've already tried all of the pillars. We've tried Superman and Batman. And the Batman movies that Christopher Nolan made were fantastic. But you can't remake those. There's nowhere you can find that lightning in a bottle again. Is it? I don't know. You can't do Lobo now. You have to actually establish an Earth universe first. Uh, Lex Luthor, maybe there's a movie there? I I think the key... 
Greg, to me is it, it has to be it has to be a member of the Justice League, right? Because yeah. oh, as much as Iron Man at the time was a was a C or a B list character, he was still a founding Avenger. And that's right. a big thing that Marvel focused on was establishing founding Avengers for the most part. You know, they screwed a few characters. Shout out to the Wasp. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the first three movies were founding Avengers. You were establishing your team. You were establishing the guys who would drive your team going forward. What about Green Arrow? Arrow, I think, would be a great one. Was not a founding Justice League member, though. Joined the League later. Actually fought against it because he thought the League only fought big heroes, and he, Green Arrow, was here to help the little guy. That was his role. I, I think if you don't want to do a Green Lantern movie because of the uh, you know unfortunate Ryan Reynolds incident, right? By that I do mean the Green Lantern movie. No, that movie I, I didn't. I totally blanked out. What was that you were talking about? It yeah, didn't no. happen. We don't talk about it. Um, again, a Teen Titans go to the movies reference where they say, "I had a movie once." We don't talk about it though. You don't even have to do Hal Jordan. You could do John Stewart, who's a much more compelling character, anyways. Mm-hmm. You could do Guy Gardner. You could do multiple lanterns being drafted at the same time. There's options there. You could also do, uh, and, and again, I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think Martian Manhunter is the is the character for this. But you could absolutely do the Flash. Mm-hmm. You could absolutely Grant like again. Grant Gustin has done a great job with Barry Allen, but Barry Allen, I think, is the DC Universe's closest thing to Spider Man. The closest thing you have to Peter Parker. Because Barry Allen insists on continuing to work a day job. Barry Allen has problems. Barry Allen is not great with girls. He's awkward. He's uncomfortable. You can relate to Barry Allen. And I think that's what you need more than anything. I really wish that they could use Zach Levi's Shazam as a jumping off point. Because Shazam is also an intensely relatable character. What if you were... 12, 13, 14 years old, and suddenly you have the powers of an Egyptian god. Every, t- every kid has fantasized about that. And, and Shazam is going to show you what that looks like. It would be a great jumping off point for a universe. I think it has to start with the Flash. I honestly, the more I think about it, I feel like this upcoming Flash movie is going to be the one that will figure out what happens with the DC universe. If they decide they're going to take this into the next dimension or a different Earth, it's going to have to come through the Flash. The Flash is going to be the one that's going to pin to pivot that. Flashpoint is an awesome story that we can tell on the silver screen. Or even uh, 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 DC's rebirth start that way with the fla- with everything that happened after the flashpoint causing some kind of rift in uh, 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 in all this. I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's the way to do it. It just again, it's got to come down to the writing, and it's really got to come down to good direction, good casting. We've got the good casting down. We've got great people on board already. In Justice League was filled with people who are excellent in their characters. It's just, again, the writing sucked, the direction sucked. Yeah, no, and that's, I think that's the biggest issue. And I think if I'm DC, I would actually mind the guys that I have writing the Flash TV show, writing Arrow, writing Legends. Mm -hmm. These shows that have been such a success for you, why not borrow from those writer rooms? And that helps you recruit new writers into your writer rooms. Like, hey, come into our writer room. You might get to end up writing a DC movie. It's a way to do more than one thing at the same time. And, and to me, to me, that's a big thing you have to accomplish. You have to be not just building the universe on screen. You have to be building a universe of fiercely loyal people off screen so that you don't yeah. have Ben Affleck and Cavill walking away. You need to build 
Dave Batistas, who are so loyal to their director, they're willing to walk away from millions of dollars. What if we got like a... a, a so what if we got James Gunn to do bo uh, Booster Gold? I think that would be great. You know what? I think James Gunn could also do very well with uh, a property. And, and I don't know if they would do it because it's a little close to Suicide Squad, but it's another uh -huh. kind of covert hit team that they had called Secret Six, which was uh, written very well in the comics by Gail Simone, who has the same wacky, offbeat kind of style that James Gunn does. They also dealt with a little bit more of that, like, horror and gore element. And I mean, another one, if you want to hire Gunn, that I think you could, honestly, you could build a universe if you did Constantine right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. So much that. You know, as a guy who's kind of like the go-between, you could have in the Constantine movie, you could have him just kind of traveling around helping everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, this, uh, this Bats fella, he's got a problem in Gotham. I got to go deal with that. My British is terrible, you guys. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's really listen of all the accents i can do british might be my worst i'll be very honest because i feel like i'm so disrespectful to it but again there's a lot of options for how dc could do this but the unfortunate thing is is that if if cavill and affleck are both walking away i think you do have to reboot it i don't think there's a way to save it at this point which is why the the rumors on you know well the flash movie is still going into production in you know in 2019 makes me believe greg that you're right that this is going to be a flashpoint paradox movie mm -hmm. and, and that we will see the speed force and ezra miller breaking time and breaking reality which might be how we get a michael b jordan as superman it might be how we get the reset on these casting things but it's also if you do flashpoint paradox it's a way to keep gail godot and a way to mm -hmm. keep ezra miller because you can say, oh, yeah, some things are different, but some things are the same. Because that's how it was in Flashpoint Paradox. Some things were different. Some things were exactly the same. It's the all new, all different DC <laughs> universe. So um, I do want to go back. I, I want to go back to one point, And it's just that we do not know yet that Henry Cavill has walked away from the character. What we do know is that they do not have current plans to bring that character back into the DCU. That's what we know. Currently, there are no plans for it. He has not yet dropped out of a contract. But one thing that the Hollywood Reporter did mention is that he did just sign on as Geralt of Rivia, the main character in the Netflix Witcher series, which has the potential to be something pretty great. So will he walk away if he's got a better role on the streaming screen? I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe he thinks it's a better role. You know, I, and, and Greg, I know The Witcher, we're walking right into your wheelhouse here. Oh, yeah. I, this is a it's, big, I, epic story that he could be doing for, what, nine, ten seasons at least? Mm -hmm. And so with that kind of continuity and knowing when you're going to be working, when you're working a TV show, it's hard to do film because the schedule's conflict yeah yeah it's 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 a weird situation so i don't really know but i think if i'm if i'm dc warner brothers i don't hate the idea of as much as people have liked cavill's performances you know he's also part of the reason your justice league movie got slammed so hard because of his mustache and that contract with another film and it's mm -hmm. part of the reason that now you're having trouble getting him into a shazam cameo because he's busy filming the witcher he can't do a Wonder Woman cameo because he's filming The Witcher. Well, now you're sitting here looking at what's supposed to be your big heavy hitter 
and he's, you know, sending you to voicemail. Right. So if I'm DC, I want a Superman that, for lack of a better terms, I own. I want a guy who's my guy and who wants to do nothing more than be Superman. That's his goal. That's his one purpose in being is be Superman. And I think you can find that actor. I think that actor definitely exists out there. I don't know who it is, but I think you can definitely find it. I honestly have a lot of faith in Jeff Johns. I, th- I feel like Jeff Johns is he is the right guy to be helming this massive project. It's just I don't know if he has the resources for this right now. You know, I, I feel like Warner Brothers wants to make a great, uh, uh, you know, Infinity War style movie out of the DC universe. I just don't know if they have enough. Uh, if they will give Jeff Johns enough resources to make it happen. That's something we hadn't brought up yet. Is Jeff Johns just started to take control of this part of DC. He's had his fingers in every successful venture that DC has had, uh, God, for the better part of 15 years. Yeah. And so to have Jeff Johns being involved means I don't think Jeff Johns will hesitate to push reset if he needs to. He didn't right. hesitate when it came to the DC universe, even though it meant resetting some things that Jeff had built himself. They reset a Justice League that Jeff Johns hand rebuilt twice. They reset the Lantern cores that Jeff built personally into a thing of beauty. So they did a lot of resets. And I don't think Jeff Johns is a guy who is scared of the work if it means getting to tell great stories. You know who is and who they will probably bring on next as a writer. I'm almost positive this is going to happen. Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, 1,000%. Listen, I think the next Superman movie is written by by Brian Michael Bendis. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. I'll tell you how I feel about it. Fart noise. That's how I feel about it. For those unfamiliar with our our website, thecourtofnerds.com, we are not overly big fans of current Brian Michael Bendis. Now, that is not to say the man has never done a good thing. The man has written some incredibly great comic books, but he writes every character the same way now, and it just feels like he's getting hired for past accomplishments, and that bums me out because, again, I loved Ultimate Spider-Man. I thought Ultimate Spider-Man was great. I thought Bendis was incredible on it. I loved the original run with, uh, gosh, why can't I think of the original Jessica Jones series? Damn it. You're asking the wrong person, man. Yes, it was Alias. It was Alias. There we go. There we go. So, again, Bendis has done some incredible things in this industry, but I don't remember the last time I picked up a Brian Michael Bendis book and was like, damn, that's good. It's been a while. And, and to be frank, you know, and I've said this in our chat a couple of different times, I'm not overly in love with the character of Superman. I, I, I think yeah. he's too one note. Even, again, Greg, our beloved All Might has a flaw, has a thing wrong with him besides a rock. Mm-hmm. It's a glowy rock. It's what makes him weak. You can, you can, you know, you can fuck him up with it. Like, what's so interesting about that is because All Might was crafted in the image of Superman, and that's part of. But they've made that idea of that character so much better through All Might. Ah, gosh, it just it frustrates me because there is a good story to tell when it comes to Superman. I just don't know if any of the current writers know how to make that story. And that's the problem. And that's where we sit, folks. A lot of uncertainty around the DCEU as we speed towards the release of Aquaman, Shazam, and Wonder Woman 84. What happens after that? I think Jeff Johns might be the only one who actually knows. 
Greg, it was good catching up, buddy. Oh, yeah. This was awesome. I want to try to do this more often. We should. That, this, this West Coast Mitten connection, we need to do this more. <sighs> that being That's said, right. a big thank you, as always, to the folks who support us so much. Grand Rapids Comic Con, November 9th through the 11th. It's going to be going on at the DeVos Place. Tickets are selling out fast. I heard they're almost running out of three-day weekend passes already. The VIP is sold out. So if you want to be there, get your tickets now. A lot of your local comic shops in the West Michigan area are hanging on to tickets. So go and get those. And as always, a big thank you to what is my home shop, my home away from home, and the sweetest people on God's green earth, Tardy's Collector's Corner. That being said, I'm Drew. I'm Greg. And we've been your Court of Nerds. This podcast made possible by our good friends at Tardy's Collector's Corner. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure you're checking for all the latest and greatest at Tardy's. Also brought to you by Grand Rapids Comic Con, November 9th through the 11th, 2018, at the DeVos Place. Tickets on sale now at grcomiccon.com. <laughs>